Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla, and today we have a very, very special guest, Michael Kirby. Mike is the CEO of Lumina Solar. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Otto. Uh, excited to be here and, and thanks for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Um, so as I mentioned offline before we started hitting record, I like to get the audience to get to know the person a little bit better. Are you originally from this area or where were you born? Where did you grow up? I am. So um, grew up in, in northern Baltimore County in, uh, in, in Parkton. Um, and then went to uh, University of Delaware and, and spent a few years uh, after college in Delaware and then have been living in, in Federal Hill and Locust Point since 2011. So just about 10 years in the city. Oh, that's great. Okay, so originally from outside of Baltimore. Yeah, originally like 40, 45 minutes north of the city. Okay, I understand. So growing up, what you know, do you remember as a child, like what were you into as far as any sports or any activities that you liked? Um, yeah, definitely in, 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 into sports, uh, grew up in a really fortunate neighborhood where there was like 12 boys that we were all like the same age. And so we were just constantly playing football, baseball, basketball. Um, you know, our next door neighbor had a, um, a nursery with some properties. We just had a, a ton of fun, uh, in, in, in that area, in that neighborhood growing up. Um, but definitely, you know, re really into sports. Um, you know, kind of throughout. That's good. Um, it, it's great when children are able to play outside and you have that community. I, I grew up in the city. I grew up in DC. So I, obviously we couldn't have much of that. Um, because if you were in the streets, you're probably heading into the wrong things. Um, yep. but, but now living in the suburbs, do you have any, young, any children yourself or no? I do. I have a, uh, a, a two and a half year old and an eight month old. Oh, so congrats. Sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> So they're a little too young. My minds are a little bit older um, and it, it's hard at a certain point, trying to get them pushing them to the streets. Um, I mean, we're in a plant community. We're not, I'm not, we're not in the city here, um, but I know you are in the city. So that may be a little bit different there at Federal Hill, but it, it's great when you're able to play outside in the neighborhood, just with kids, they do it. And obviously it stopped with COVID, but now, you know, you'll notice as they grow older, Mike, they're going to be a lot wanting to have a screen in front of their face. I, we are worried about that and we're going to address that uh, situation when it comes up. So not, not there yet, but we know it's around the corner. Yeah, that's good though. Um, so then you said you headed to Delaware for college, right? Yep. Where did you end up attending? Uh, University of Delaware. Oh, university. Okay. And what did you study there? Uh, political science and history. Ah, interesting. 
Uh, what made you choose that field? Um, I just kind of always uh, assumed that I was going to be a, a, a lawyer. Um, and that seemed like a, a, you know, decent path for, for that. I, I was always interested in politics in, in, in interested in history. Um, pretty good at math, pretty good at writing, but kind of with, you know, plans to go to law school that just made a, a lot of sense and kind of fit my interests. Um, you know, when I made that decision. So, so that was a plan to become an attorney. That was the plan. And then once uh, I guess uh, undergrad finished, was that still the plan or things changed? Um, things, things change early my, my senior year. Um, so took, took my LSATs, you know, did, did well, well enough. Um, but, um, this is like 2008 ish. Um, and, you know, taking on a, a bunch of, uh, student loans to, 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 to go to college, um, started to get the feeling like I, you know, I wanted a law degree, but I didn't know if I necessarily wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but it seemed like kind of a, a smart, reasonably safe path um and then you know kind of junior year beginning of senior years kind of when the the recession uh really started kind of coming in into play and just started getting terrified of the concept of, of taking on a, a, another six figures in in student loan debt and so i started looking at different things um and uh kind of stumbled in, into solar a, a, a Good friend of mine we had started a, a driveway ceiling business in college and we were talking about you know starting a, a business after we graduated he was uh, definitely environmentally focused and so we started kind of looking at at solar uh my senior year and we started kind of planning out hey should we start a solar company in you know fall 2008 spring 2009 and did a bunch of research and and came to the conclusion that um, we probably shouldn't start a company with like $500 and no skill set. Um, and, and so we're like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go, um, work for somebody for a period of time and, and evaluate it at that point. Um, but that's kind of what, what drove it. And I was attracted to it. I just figured like energy seemed like an obvious choice to always be a big business. Um, with poli science that studied the Middle East a lot and just kind of hated the idea of, of importing oil and, and energy. So the idea of, you know, it's good for the environment and it's domestic energy. You know, those two ideas I, I kind of latched onto um, and, and that kind of helped drive the decision to, hey, you know, I, I want to get into solar. Sure. So even before the thought of solar came into you and your partner's mind back then, you were entrepreneur. You said you guys had also, was it junior? You had another business? Yeah. So me, me and a, a friend of mine from home, um, over the over two summers, uh, we had started a, a, a driveway sealing business. Okay. So we had K&V driveway sealers. What was it called? Uh, K&V driveway sealers. Okay. Okay. And that was one of your ideas of like, hey, let's 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 uh, let's work on the driveways and see if we can pick up some cash in the summers. Yeah, I mean, I I've been working kind of from the beginning of high school through through college, so it was just you know I, I just always had a job for the most part, and okay. um, you know we just started playing playing around with that idea. My my dad had done it um, kind of part time for some side money like twenty years before, so okay. we had like somebody that could kind of teach us like how to do it. So that's kind of how, how we learned it. And um, we also financed some early uh, purchase orders so that we could procure um, supplies um, in the beginning. But that's kind of how we stumbled into it. We did it, uh, we did it two, two summers in a row. 
That's great. So I'm just curious, back then, what are you guys just knocking on people's doors or putting flyers out, getting the word out? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like, looking back on it, we had no clue what we were doing. Um, so yeah, so we were basically just driving around, putting flyers in people's mailboxes all over town. Um, and this, the second summer, the, the post office started catching wind. And so we had to, uh, we had to start um, trailing uh, the, the, the mailman and putting our flyers in after he had arrived. So we, uh, so we'd stop getting calls to stop doing that. <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned that uh, one of our uh, previous guests has a, a commercial power washing and painting company there out of Baltimore. And similar experience when he started, he would put postcards and uh, flyers and in people's mails or in windshields. And he got a no-no from the post office from his uh, postcards. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, got, we got a couple phone calls. But, you know, I'm sure, Mike, during those couple of summers you were doing that, you learned a ton, you and your friend, right? Oh, I mean, for, for, for sure. I mean, I think one thing was just like a confidence builder that we could do it. Like we made, you know, pretty good money, but both summers, nothing, nothing crazy, but it, it wasn't less than what I had made, you know, working for somebody else uh, previously. And then we want to make, make it a little bit more, um, you know, I, part of me looks like I'd love to like have the opportunity to like go back in time and do that. Cause I think we'd crush it, but it was um, just a, uh, you know, a, a really kind of just interesting experience uh, and, and something that, um, you know, I, I just learned, learned a couple of kind of unique things just about, Hey, like it's okay to kind of do things for yourself. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that helped springboard as far as having that thought, as far as a solar company. So your senior year about to graduate, you guys think solar, but you're like, hold on. Let's see if we can go work from someone and learn the ropes. And that's what you end up doing. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, spring, spring senior year, um, I actually uh, graduate, you know, I had enough credit, so I, I didn't take classes spring senior year. I already had, had enough to, to graduate. So I did a, an internship for a Delaware congressman. And then I had kind of two restaurant jobs and then it was applying for kind of a full-time job, you know, after May. Um, I applied to like 25 different solar companies, you know, basically from Maryland through New Jersey. Um, got one job offer uh, for an $8 an hour in internship at, at a small company in, in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, uh, and wound up taking that job offer. Um, you know, my friend wound up, you know, not getting any offers and just wound up not getting in, into solar at all. And, you know, he's done a bunch of other good, good things with, with his career. Um, but that is, um, that was kind of my start. Um, you know, 22 years old, you know, moved down to the beach with uh, very little money and an $8 an hour internship at a solar company. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know it was that difficult to get into solar. I mean, you know, you, you hear the big national players, um, a lot of them coming out of Utah. Um, yep. And, you know, you would think that as long as, you know, you, I, I don't know what position, of course, you were going for, but, you know, a lot of it is just door knocking. It, it's sales. It's cold calling people's yeah. doors. I mean, most of those companies didn't exist at the uh, time. So this is um, so this is like spring 2009. Okay. So like the industry barely existed on the East Coast. Um, it had been around in New Jersey for a few years. You know, it had been in California um, for a few years. You know, it, it had matured further in, in Europe and some other parts, um, but it was pretty dormant um, in, in in the U.S. And it was just starting to emerge on, on, on the East Coast where some policies had kind of taken effect um, that made it more feasible um, to, to do this type of work. 
Um, so the the industry was just emerging at that at that time, which you know in retrospect was one of the really um, just huge timing benefits of kind of getting into it when you know, no one else had any experience in it either. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was just a, a totally different uh, industry at that stage. Okay. So once you graduate, you head over to the beach and start working for that company. Headed headed down to the to the beach um, and you know worked there for um, for a few months and, and then had a really unique opportunity where one of the people there that um, that I was working with that had, that had been there for you know a, a longer period of time was you know much further along in, in his career. Um, you know, came to me and said that he was um, preparing to quit to, to start his own company. Um, and, and people wanted to, uh, be a part of that. And to me, that was something that was very appealing to kind of get on, on the very, very ground floor, um, and just to learn how to start a business. Um, and, and so I wound up kind of making, making that decision, uh, which wasn't particularly fun for, for a few weeks when it, when it happened, but ultimately, um, you know, did that in, in September, 2019, you know, made, made the jump and, you know, was there for, for the next three years uh, doing a variety of different things. Um, and that really kind of set the foundation for kind of my base knowledge and just kind of how I attacked the rest of my career with it. So th that company was Lumina? No, no, no that no, was not right. No, okay. okay. Yeah. It's a, that's a, a small company that that's still around in, in Southern Delaware. Okay. Okay. So you, you stayed in Delaware. You didn't have to relocate for that. So you, you said you learned the ropes there for several years. Yeah. So I was there from you know 2009 until um, fall 2012. Okay. And as far as your roles there, I'm sure, especially at a startup at a young company, you're, you're wearing many hats. So were you going out in the streets to generating business or were you mostly in the office or a combination or? Um, so that was, um, what definitely one of the benefits in that you know it touched everything you know when we started it was it was three of us so every every, every everybody kind of had to do a, a little bit of everything um the first year i mean the i mean the, the first few months it was just like putting together a business plan and um you know which you still have which is kind of a you know nice digital artifact but like putting that together you know trying to figure out how are we going to structure and set up everything you know figuring out how to sell, how do we, how do we install, you know, all, all, all these different kind of, you know, micro challenges that you have to make decisions on. Um, so that, that was kind of how the, the first few months went. And then, um, you know, mostly it was kind of focused on like operations and like getting projects, you know, from, from contract to, to install like the, the first year, sure. uh, but moved into, uh, in, in, into sales uh, pretty much full time by, by the second year, you know, obviously did a, a bunch of other things. Um, but mostly spent my last two years in, in sales. And, you know, that's, um, you know, where kind of the, the rest of my career went, um, at, at least prior to Lumina. So after being with them for a period of time, you decide to maybe it's time to do your own thing or what led to Lumina? Um, so again, we, we started Lumina in 2018. So we're, we're just a little bit over three years old. Um, so in 2012, um, started to feel like kind of the company was kind of reaching it, its ceiling for what it could do, what we could could accomplish, um, and started looking at at other opportunities. Um, you know, just really kind of wanted, you know, we had grown the company to um, 
you know, about 10 employees. Uh, we've done a, a couple million dollars in, in, in revenue uh, those first three years. Uh, but we're just looking for a company that was just a little bit larger, had more resources available, could deliver a, a better overall kind of customer experience. Um, and uh, wound up getting a, a job offer for a company, Ashram Solar, um, in 2012, uh, headquartered in Howard County. But at, at the time, it was one of the, the largest uh, residential installers in, in the country, um, spread out up, up and down the East Coast. Uh, eventually, they opened up in California, um, but, but made the transition to, to Ashram uh, in, in 2012, um, you know, and, and, you know, learned a ton there, you know, in the next five and a half years. Oh, that's great. So now you come back home then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was, uh, we moved, uh, moved back to, um, you know, that was when we moved to, uh, to Federal Hill for the first time. And, um, yeah, just, you know, kind of spent, spent the next five and a half years there. And, and there, Mike, your role was more also operations or in what capacity were you there? Uh, my first three years uh, was purely outside sales. Okay. Um, so definitely learned a ton and, and was it just a totally different animal from kind of inventing our sales process from, you know, myself and people that really had no idea what we were doing to going into an environment where, hey, there's 30 salespeople, you know, across the, the organization. There's a bunch of different markets. There's like a really professional offer. There's a variety of different product offerings. Um, there's people that specialize in things in, in, in the business. Um, so just learned a, a ton from that and, and also wound up, you know, really being able to kind of sharpen uh, my sales skills there. Uh, and then in 2015, got promoted to, to regional manager um, and then held responsibility for kind of the Maryland, DC, Virginia sales teams, um, you know, responsible for, for kind of that production as, as well as continuing to build out that team. Uh, did that for, for two years um, until, you know, I wound up uh, leaving in, in 2017, but kind of one of the things that happened along the way. So in, in 2014, uh, Ashton was actually acquired by a, uh, by a company, Direct Energy. So it's a multi-billion dollar corporation out of Houston. Um, you know, so really kind of learned a ton kind of going through that merger and, and acquisition process, which would kind of play, uh, be beneficial kind of later um, with some things that, that we did at, at Lumina. Um, but kind of that, that acquisition occurred in, in 2015. Um, you know, things went well, but there's a ton of challenges, both kind of internally and with the parent company. And ultimately, Direct Energy pulled out of the, uh, the residential market in the middle of 2017. And so myself, my team, about 500 people got, uh, got laid off uh, that July. And that's ultimately what, what led to, to Lumina getting started um, about nine months later. So when you, when you opened Lumina, you almost had a, a whole team of people you could take with you. That was one of the things that we um, didn't necessarily recognize in real time, but it became pretty clear about a, a year, certainly today, in, into it, where um, you know, we, I, I started Lumina with, um, with some colleagues that I worked with for, for a long period of time. Um, we had some kind of operational counterparts that worked at, at Ashland Direct Energy as, as well, um, that they had started kind of a, an installation and maintenance business, you know, about six months before we started Lumina. So one of the attractive pieces was that, you know, we could partner with them on day one, 
have them handle our, our installations, um, you know, without spending a couple hundred thousand dollars to build out an operations team, you know, right away, which you know wasn't a hundred percent of my skill set uh, at the time either. Um, and, and so that just kind of had a, a lot of influence. And then what wound up happening is, you know, over the next three years, um, as kind of the organization grew and, you know, we needed different talent, you know, there was just a ton of really great people that hadn't necessarily found long-term homes following the, the layoff, you know, maybe they were working somewhere, but they didn't really like it, or, or maybe they just, you know, were attracted to kind of what we were doing. And so we were able to, to avoid a ton of hiring mistakes uh, by bringing on a, a lot of people from that, um, from that alumni network over the last three years. And today we're, you know, probably around 110 employees, I'd say about half of them kind of came from that, um, came, came, came from that, uh, came from that network, whether, you know, I work with them directly or someone else work with them directly, but, um, you know, had a good relationship. That's great, Mike. So only basically two to three years, right? Lumina has been since it was established and you have 110 employees right now. Yeah, it was uh, April, 2018. Oh, April. Okay. 18. Okay. Okay. But that's, that's tremendous growth. Yeah. We just had our three anniversary. So it's, it's been a while, right? It it has. So just for, for the audience to get to know exactly how the solar company, solar industry works, you you said you had this company who would do the installation. Is that still the case or is there ever a point that you can bring that in house? No. So we had, um, so we had talked to that team, um, prior to making the decision to start Lumina about, Hey, if we do like, we're kind of playing around with this idea, if, if we start this, you know, we'd, we'd obviously want to partner with you guys because you've been doing our installs for the last six years, seven years. And, and we just needed somebody that we could trust. Um, and that made sense. But we also talked in the beginning, like, Hey, at the end of the day, like if your company's doing well, our company's doing well at some point in the future, it might make sense to do a merger do an acquisition or, or just kind of um, align the companies a, a, a little bit tighter. Um, and so again, we had those conversations pre-launch in early 2018 by spring 2019. So we had been doing it for, for a little bit over a year. Things were going relatively well. Um, and, and they're on the surface, there seem to be a ton of benefits from, from doing a, do, doing a merger. Um, so we, you know, started kind of looking at it, started kind of putting together a framework for, for how, how it could potentially work. Uh, we were not in a position to, you know, just take our cash flow and just say, hey, we're going to do an acquisition and, and combine the companies based on that. Um, so started looking to do a, a capital raise in conjunction with kind of negotiating that, that merger. So started that process in spring 2019, um, really kind of started getting, um, heavy on, on the fundraising process in August, uh, 2019. Um, and we were trying to be very strategic with kind of, you know, who we, who we partnered with for that. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, found a, a great partner, um, pretty quickly. Um, and we're able to, you know, finalize the, the capital raise in November, uh, 2019 came to terms on the merger in 2019 and then uh, closed uh, on, on the merger in January, 2020. And then six weeks later, the pandemic hit. So that was a whole different piece. But um, yeah, I mean, we definitely kind of thought through that and you know, just um, feel fortunate that kind of like an 18 month plan 
you know, worked out and how we penciled it out. Sure. So now bringing the install process in house, how does that change things compared to before where they were doing it and they weren't part of Lumina? Um, it just, it, so we were, you know, very much aligned kind of pre-merger, but there's a difference between, you know, and we kind of viewed it like they had, they subleased office space from us. So like the companies were kind of built into each other from, from oh, day one. Okay. And most, most of us were former colleagues, whether you with, were with Lumina or with our sister company. Um, so we're all kind of working together. It's just like who, who's, uh, which company was at the top of your paycheck basically. Sure. Um, but, um, kind of since, since then really with the benefits are, I mean, it's just much easier to be aligned. And, and I think too, you know, we were, um, we had some different skill sets and, and also, you know, with the capital raise, you know, we had some, some additional financial resources. And so the big thing for us was just being able to, um, invest in, in, in operations, probably at a faster cadence than, than what they could have done on, on their own. And, and that, that was a, a big piece. And one of the things that kind of drove it is, you know, if, if we were, you know, selling a certain amount of projects per month, but they only have the bandwidth to install half of that, well, we're in a bad position. Um, and, and so we wanted to be able to just have a little bit more control over our ability to kind of scale all pieces of, of, of the business as opposed to just, you know, half. Of it. Sure. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of moving parts to any organization, but from, from my understanding in the solar, the residential solar business industry, it's very sales driven, right? It is for sure. For sure. Okay. I mean, and that's, I mean, we, you know, the kind of founding team that, that, that I put together, you know, was very kind of sales centric for, uh, for a reason, you know, one of the things I was just kind of terrified of, of not having enough revenue come in the door because we saw what uh, happens, um, you know, in, intimately if, if that's there. So we wanted to make sure that, um, right. I kind of viewed it as like, we could be like pretty good at sales, pretty good at ops, pretty good at this, pretty good at that and kind of diversify our founding team a little bit. Or we could just be outstanding at sales and then kind of figure out the, the rest along the way. Um, and particularly with, you know, kind of our, our early kind of partnership uh, with our sister company, you know, they had all the operational expertise and they, it wasn't like people that we had just met. Like I said, I've been working with them since 2012. So it was just a team that we trusted and we always kind of had the, the long-term view that if we ever did merge the organizations, well, now we have the high-end sales talent and we also have the high-end operations talent in-house. Um, so that was kind of the, the thought process at the time for, you know, how we wanted to kind of get off the ground. How many people are in your sales team right now? We have 12, 12 or 13 full-time sales reps um, across two, two offices. So one in, in uh, Northwest of Philly and then our, our headquarters uh, just south of Baltimore. Um, so we have two, two sales directors that, that lead each team. Um, and then we have a, an inside sales and, and marketing team that has five or six people as well. So I would say the kind of the sales and marketing organization um, is right around 20, 22 people. Okay, that's good. You, uh, you know, before I've heard interviews with other companies and a lot of them, what, they, what I've heard they do is in, in the summer months, especially a lot of college kids. And I mean, you, I mean it's almost an army out there. Um, they just send them out. And I think that they have different apps from what I understand and different mm -hmm. programs and challenges and prizes, right? 
Yeah. So that, I mean, there's a variety of different go-to-market strategies in, 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 in residential, um, solar at least. Um, door-to-door is not my background. Um, it's not my skill set. And, and, you know, it's not, you know, it, it's just not necessarily like the model that like we want to like build our company around. You know, there's just a variety of different ways to, to do it. Um, sure. that, that being that we do have some people on the team today that have that background from, from solar. And so they'll, they'll, they do it and they do it successfully, but it's not, um, that's like far from our top five ways that, that, that we go to go to market. Um, and again, it kind of depends on the company, what the objectives are, things like that. So we, we kind of use it as like a useful tool, mm-hmm. but not as something that is, um, you know, that, that that's going to drive our, our, our business, you know, hundred percent. So how are you guys typically, you said it's not your top five. How are you guys typically driving revenue? So, um, I mean, there's three, three, three primary kind of categories. So, you know, huge focus on self-gens and, and referrals, um, you know, and, and you know, we just have a, a 12 year kind of network of, of solar customers and, 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 and everything. So even kind of before Lumina, we still, you know, it wasn't like we were doing it for the first time, you know, we just felt like we had, uh, a few ideas for how we could do it better. Um, but, you know, self-gen and, and referrals is um, about 30% of our business today. Um, about 40% of our business is um, kind of internal marketing campaigns. So we, we, you know, in year one, we didn't get a lot of business from our website. Um, today, we get, you know, a ton of business from, from our website. And we kind of count that as toward our, our internal marketing campaigns. Um, and then, you know, the other 30% is, um, there's a bunch of different um, kind of lead providers, um, you know, third-party marketing companies that have a variety of different models. You can buy leads, you know, they, you can buy pre-scheduled appointments. Um, and, and so we work with a variety of vendors in, in that way as well. Um, but that that's kind of where, where the split is, you know, almost a third referral self-gen, third kind of company marketing, and then a third, um, you know, is utilizing uh, you know, third-party marketing channels. Sure. So, so self-gen meaning that the salespeople are out there networking previous customers and clients and seeing if they can get referrals. And... Exactly. Okay. Okay. And with the website, Mike, is that Google ads that you're doing or is it any other type of digital advertising? Um, so I think, I mean, we've seen a huge uptick the last, you know, year plus, um, I think a, a big driver of that is we have a, you know, we've had a tremendous focus on our customer experience from, from day one. You know, that is one of the things that, you know, we've recognized and experienced firsthand where everybody says they want to be a, a customer centric organization, but it's much harder to execute than, than to say. Um, and so we've just put a tremendous amount of effort behind our customer experience. And if you go online and, and, and look at, um, our reviews, whether it's Google, Solar Reviews, Energy Sage, Facebook, you know, there's a ton of different ones out there. I mean, we have, you know, hundreds of, of um, reviews, all five star, you know, and, and it's not just like customers are writing, hey, you know, I recommend Lumina. And we have people that write novels and they call out, you know, either the sales rep because they, they did a great job. They'll call out, you know, names of people on the install team. They'll call out names of people on our project management team. So that's, that's been really exciting in general, but, but we do think, you know, 
a part of, of our website traffic comes from, you know, people know they want to do so, or they do research online and, you know, they're naturally kind of find Lumina doing that research. And, you know, we at least get a shot of it because of where our, our online presence is. Sure. That's great. You just mentioned about being a customer centric company. Is there anything that you're doing there internally or processes and procedures that you're doing that obviously it's affecting the customer service and all the great reviews? Um, I mean, I just think it's something like we, we talk about every day and we report on that process every month to our entire team. So it's just something that's not like, you know, in January we say, Hey, you know, we want to, you know, improve our customer experience in, in this way. We have very specific metrics that, that we look at um, on a monthly basis. You know, we talk about, um, you know, how we're going to kind of get there on a monthly basis. And, and we just kind of put it at the forefront of everything the organization does. Like there's, you know, if, if you're having a conversation about anything in the company, referrals and reviews, there's a pretty good chance it's going to come up one way or another in that conversation, um, just because we've kind of built it into the company's DNA. You mentioned you had the merger and then COVID happens. Um, how did that affect the business, if at all? Um, very, very scary time. Um, you know, is uh, you know, we had a uh, I had a board meeting, you know, in early March, and COVID was not on the agenda, was not a topic of discussion at all. You know, it was a very normal kind of board meeting. We we're kind of excited. We have a bunch of things that we have to kind of do to work on on the acquisition and, and kind of just get the companies kind of merged um, and and kind of you know start executing on that game plan you know, a week and a half later, you know, some NBA games are canceled and all of a sudden the world changes and, you know, I'm trying to figure out like, are, are we going to exist in a year? And, you know, started kind of just looking at a variety of different resources to figure out how to handle this. And like, there's no playbook, but definitely kind of took the mentality of like, do we need to do everything we can for the next nine days just to make sure that we're, we exist 12 months from now. And, and so we, you know, looked at a variety of areas in, in the business, kind of froze new initiatives that, that were going to cost money. Um, it was a huge um, point for me, you know, a huge amount of our employees have been laid off, including myself, you know, two years earlier, uh, three years earlier. So it was a huge piece for me that, you know, want to do everything possible to not lay people off, not furlough people. Um, we made a bunch of different changes to our sales process, to our operations process within COVID. Um, you know, everything went, went fully remote and we built out our system so that it'd be very easy for that to happen. Like it wasn't because we thought a pandemic was happening. We just thought it was the better way to do it. And it turned out that it, it had, you know, the benefit of kind of being COVID adaptable. Um, but, you know, we, we had to make a much heavier lift on the operation side, like how, how are we going to install systems safely? Um, and, and so what I would say is overall, like the, the long-term impact is we probably lost a quarter last year as far as, um, you know, sales didn't, we we're fortunate that sales didn't dip for the first few months after COVID, but they didn't grow either. So okay. like, we, but we were just kind of happy to stay flat. Um, our in installations definitely took a dip, you know, People wanted to, you know, wait on project, you know, wait to do their install. Um, permit offices were a disaster at that period of time. So we couldn't get, you know, 
took twice as long to, to get anything approved. Um, so we definitely kind of took a hit operationally uh, for, for a few months, um, but we were fortunate. We had a lot of commercial work going at the time and um, that was much less sensitive to some of this, these COVID issues um, just with the nature of kind of those installations. Uh, and then by, by July, you know, things had started to, to pick up from a sales perspective. Um, operations seemed to be relatively normal, not in that like the way that we were doing it is still very different, but um, the volumes were starting to be you know, much more normalized and, and there wasn't nearly as many kind of COVID related issues. Um, and we just had a really, really strong second half of the year and, and, and that's continued into 2021. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. Was that second half of 2020, Mike, better than 2019 second half? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, we did um, give you an idea of kind of revenue at, at, at least for the first um, few years. So again, we, we recognized revenue at the installation. Um, and so we did, you know, about a million dollars in revenue in 2018, uh, did 10 million in 2019. And then we did uh, did 17 in in 2020. So you know, we grew the business, almost doubled the business in 2020. Um, but the way I kind of look at it is a uh, a brutal brutal year um, going through it. Um, but we didn't you know lay anybody off. We didn't furlough anybody uh, at, at any time. Um, and on January 1st, kind of looking back in the rear view, you know, it, it was a good year, but nothing from March through December felt good or, or was enjoyable. Yeah. How is 2021 looking like? Uh, I mean, it's, it's been very, very exciting, a, a ton of work, but it's, you know, for me, it's like the first time in two years where I haven't been doing a capital raise, a merger or, or fighting a pandemic. So it's like, you know, have all, you know, so much more free time to, to focus on, the actual business and, and, and our functionality. Um, but no, so, so this year, I mean, we're, we're definitely going, going through a, a nice growth spurt um, and we expect to do about $35 million in revenue this year. That's great. I mean, that's, gr that's amazing growth. It, what, what interests me, Mike, is you said year one, and of course is your first year one, but then you're jumping from one 10, 10 X to 10. And it, it, was there anything there or do you think it was the merger that, 10x everything? No, I mean, so the mer the merger happened after 29. So the, the merger technically okay. closed January 2020. Um, you know, it was a combination of things. Like, like I said, we we focused on having a really, you know, me, me and my team, you know, we've been doing this for, for 10, 12 years. So we had learned a ton of kind of what we think, you know, how we think we, we're best kind of positioned in the market or how to set up our position in the market. Um, you know, we, we took a ton of focus on our customer experience, but we're also just um, really good at, at, at illustrating the value proposition that we have with our, our prospects. And, and so we had, you know, from day one, you know, we just had been pretty good at, at selling, even though the, the company was new um, and, and just a lot of our challenges were, hey, can we install efficiently? And, and as we, you know, continue to grow this base, you know, what needs to happen to be able to continue to kind of do it? effectively um, and working with kind of our, our operations team in, in 2019, you know, they were able to scale and grow along with us. And so I think it was just a combination of like, you know, we had the, the sales coming in. And so there's a lot of confidence on kind of both sides to just 
do what we could to make sure that we could, you know, capture that revenue effectively, um, deliver a great customer experience um, at, at the same time. You know, when we were able to kind of work together in 2019 to, to get that, um, but then obviously still saw significant benefits and kind of bringing everything formally under one roof. Sure. You just mentioned uh, the value proposition when you were referring talking with customers. And what, what is that? What's, what would you say is the difference between you or any other solar company out there? Yeah, I mean, there's a variety of, of different things. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of companies are out there and they do door to door and things like that. And, and you know, again, there's a, a ton of great companies in this space uh, and, and a lot of companies do things very, very differently. Um, you know, we're a little bit different in a sense that like me and you know, my, my VP of sales, who's one of my co-founders, you know, we grew up, you know, 22, 23 years old selling, you know, $40,000 cash deals, you know, not knowing what, are, what we're doing. And that's the only product we have available. Um, you know, and then kind of leasing became an option a few years later. Financing, you know, be, became really um, a, a good option for people a, a few years after that. And all those were easier than selling $40,000 cash deals at, at 22, 23. So we had always kind of built this kind of wide um, skill set to be able to just sell whatever product is best for the customer. Whereas a lot of other companies, particularly national ones, they'll just focus on leasing, they'll just focus on financing, and that's where they'll steal the customer, steer the customer toward, and you know their training programs are just based toward doing that. Whereas you know for us, I don't want to have a hundred sales reps. You know I want to have 15, 20, 30 sales reps across the Mid Atlantic that are all really highly skilled, and so we put a ton of investment up front into training our teams, um, you know, and, and it's just a lot of work and there's no, there's no way to kind of scale some of those pieces of, of how we do our training um, to, to, to get there. That, but that's one of the things that makes us different. So I would say like in, in the home, at least on, on the residential side, you know, our reps, I think are more knowledgeable than any, and then any of the reps that are out there, you know, they have access to um, more products, than, than some, some other companies that are just kind of more, more focused on, you know, one, one or the other. Um, our installation and operation teams, again, uh, you know, they haven't been installing for Lumina for the last, for a decade, but they've been installing solar in Maryland for the last 10, 11, 12 years. And, and so we just have this really great op operations team. Um, and again, now, you know, we didn't necessarily have this in, um, 2018 when the company was brand new but today you know we have a track record of being able to deliver a really good customer experience that we can show people online um and and again so i think just a combination of just having you know competitive pricing you know we're not the cheapest but we are far from the most expensive you know our, our objective is to deliver kind of a mid-market price with premium quality um so it's that it's a product offering our rep knowledge our customer experience and you know, there's no silver bullets, but it's just kind of being able to, to, to do these really important things effectively and to do it on a consistent basis. I love it. It's great too, how you're giving the consumer options. It's not just one thing. Um, they have several options to choose from and select. Yeah, like yeah. I said, you're, you know, every, every option is gonna be better than sticking with the utility, you know, whether it's a lease, a loan or a cash deal. It doesn't matter to us 
which option somebody chooses. So, you know, one of, one of the objectives is just to find out, Hey, what is, what is the right fit for the, for the individual? Um, you know, that's going to help them save money and, and, and get clean power at the same time. You were mentioned earlier commercial, what percentage is residential compared to commercial business? So th- this year we will probably be, um, about 60% residential, about 30% commercial. And then we also have a, um, a third party maintenance, uh, division called energy services. And that's about 10%. Um, so with, with commercial, you know, we, we attack that market by working with kind of, you know, business owners that, that own their property. We have a variety of different options available and, you know, we'll develop the, the project kind of turnkey for them. Uh, but we also work with uh, a variety of solar developers that they'll, they do these large, um, you know, really large installations. They'll do the business development work. They'll do the engineering. They'll do the procurement, but they don't actually have uh, electricians and, and installers on their team. And so just part of the nature of that work, they always sub it out. Um, and so we just, you know, through kind of just being in, in the industry the last 10 years, we just kind of had a lot of relationships with some of these developers and, and, you know, what I like about um, our go-to-market strategy there is it's very different from just a, a pure residential business. You know, we want to diversify our, our revenue. We want to diversify our product offering. And we, we were looking at ways to having uh, reoccurring revenue streams. And, you know, with our developer work, you know, it's not exactly like a pure, like, like a software reoccurring revenue stream, but it's an account-based business where, again, we have companies that we do work for. They like it. And the quality of our work is our marketing and business development effort, you know, and, and, you know, we have these companies that, that come back to us on a regular basis, whenever they have a new project that, that they want us to work on, that's in one of their territories. Um, and then separately on the maintenance piece, you know, Sunrun, variety of other different kind of national installers that don't necessarily see the value in them doing some of this maintenance work in house for their fleet. Um, you know, they'll, they'll sub that out to us and, Last year, the last two years, we, we do about you know 1,100 maintenance tickets a year, um, and we just kind of view that as just hey, we're helping maintain the infrastructure sure. of what's what's already out there. Okay, that's great. Yeah, you you do a good amount of commercial. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um, I mean it's it's a huge, gro- I mean it, it's just a huge growth part for us, and mm-hmm. and you know it's been a um, a focus of ours from the beginning, you know, we haven't, um, our online presence with commercial is, is obviously different from, from our residential presence. Um, but it's something that, you know, we see, you know, tremendous opportunity with, and, you know, we didn't necessarily have those teams split out in 2018 or 2019. Um, but today, I mean, we just, we have a totally separate commercial department, you know, that, that operates independently from, from the residential side. Okay. What would you say motivates you and drives you? Um, on a daily in jet in, in general, that's a, um, I mean, there's a a variety of um of different things. Um, let's say, you know, at at this stage, um, you know, kind of where where we've come, like it's just really fun, and enjoyable, like make, make an impact. So like, you know, we have a ton of great people. That, that I work with here, you know, our, our colleagues. So it's just like really exciting to see people like put in work over a period of time and, and see them grow, you know, in their career, see them grow financially. Um, and, and that piece of kind of helping to kind of design an, an organization that 
is a net benefit to people's life, um, you know, is, is something that's, um, you know, something that, that I strive for and, and, and enjoy separately, um, you know, definitely driven, you know, financially, you know, um, and that's something that that's important, you know, grew up where, you know, my dad started a business when he was, when I was like 10 years old and it failed. Um, and so I got to experience kind of what those challenges were like for the next 15 years and, and kind of see it up close, but not have to deal with some of the really, really hard stuff. But, um, that definitely had an influence for like what I wanted to do with my job and trying to like reverse engineer, like the outcome that, that I wanted to get. Um, so that was some, something that's definitely important and just being able to not have finances be a, be a daily stressor. Um, and, and also just having the flexibility of, of being able to control your time, which is what um, kind of that, that allows you to do. Um, and then now today, you know, just my family, you know, been with my wife for 12 years. We've been married for five and, you know, got two young boys. And uh, so that's an exciting piece and, and driving to obviously, you know, have a good life with them. And then um, traveling as well. You know, that, that's something that um, you know, did not do a lot uh, growing up or through my, my mid-20s, but I you know, made, made some goals, you know, around 22 that I wanted to do a lot of traveling. And um, it was really fortunate and, and traveled a ton in my late 20s. And we're on a little bit of, bit of a break now since the, since the children came along. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll be able to kind of do that again uh, soon. Yeah. Well, hopefully you have some family nearby with, with, the, with the little ones that if you and the wife do decide to travel, you have someone there. Yeah. So my, my parents are about an hour away. My wife's parents are about two hours away. Okay. Um, we kind of, Joe, you know, we, we do have a pretty good uh, babysitter infrastructure uh, set up and, you know, it took a couple of years to develop it, but we got a, we got a nice roster. Um, but again, it's, you know, you know, we made it a point to kind of do things, you know, that would probably be be difficult, um, you know, once we had kids and we were fortunate to be able to do it and hope, hopefully we'll be able to kind of do, do some different things, uh, you know, once they start school and things like that. Sure. Mike, so you have a team there of about 110 people and growing and how, how do you, you know, surrounding yourself with the right team members and the right players is obviously extremely important. How do you go about doing that and finding the team, the staff? Um, I think the first thing is, is knowing what you want, um, which again, it might sound obvious, but it, it can also be a, a little bit harder to, to do in practice. But, uh, but I think that's the key piece is like, you just need to have a vision or whatever you want to call it of, Hey, what, what type of organization are, are we trying to make? What is exactly this like role or, or this function supposed to do? What skill sets? are going to give the highest probability of that person being successful in, in that role and, and kind of thinking about it from that perspective. Um, but then again, one of the things that was, I think kind of in retrospect, unique and very helpful about our situation was, you know, I worked with, you know, tons of really talented, you know, solar people for, you know, my entire career and not just me, my co-founders and other people that came on board early had very similar experiences. And so, you know, we, we had less like early on, you know, there was obviously, you know, we, we did a lot of hiring out of network and we got very, you know, fortunate that we made some good hires, but we also just 
you know, with certain positions early, like we knew kind of what we wanted and Hey, we had this person that we've worked with for four years that we trust they're reliable. You know, maybe they're not like the perfect fit for this role, but they can do it. And we know that we're going to grow and they're going to be able to kind of do the next thing six or 12 months later. And I'd rather, you know, make a concession to kind of get them here because I know that they can do it and we're going to avoid a mishire versus kind of just hiring from a resume or, or looking at like an exact experience fit. Um, you know, we, we definitely kind of look for potential and then also kind of that reliability based on either, you know, a direct experience or, or a referral network, you know, when we're evaluating talent. Having that experience growing up and seeing firsthand what your dad went through and your family there, and then you as well through college with your entrepreneurial journey, starting that business, and then now with the solar business, what advice, Mike, would you give someone, any entrepreneur, no matter the business, service, product related, what, what advice would you give them that they need to when opening and starting their business? Um, so you can never be 100% prepared for, 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 for this type, type of, of, of experience, um, but you can definitely be more prepared than, uh, you can be more prepared or, or less prepared. And, and so definitely, um, you know, as I kind of got, got into it, you know, wanted to at least think about it at some point in my career, uh, starting a business. And so, you know, I kind of had, you know, very kind of, had a lot of kind of long-term thinking. And, and so, you know, when I got into sales, it was like, all right, so I'm going to, you know, I like sales. I like the financial opportunity. I like the work, like it fits my skill set, It fits my personality like that is just kind of the, the path that I want to go. And so I was like, what I'm going to try and do is just be a top performer and, and execute as well as I can in this role for a long period of time and just be smart with like, be smart financially and like do well. And, and like, you know, by the time I'm 40, be in a nice position, you know, just from, again, just work, working at various companies, but just, you know, being a hard worker and just kind of being smart financially. But then at the same time, um, you know, I was also like, hey, if I want to be prepared, if an opportunity to start a company comes up, you know, I'm not going to do it just to do it because that's a disaster waiting to happen. But if kind of the right ingredients are on the table, I'm going to be prepared to do it. Um, and so, you know, kind of informally, you know, with the different jobs that I had, I was always kind of looking for things that I liked that other people were doing within the organization. I was also looking at things that I didn't like. I'm like, hey, if I ever start a company, no freaking way we're doing that. Um, and so kind of just had that thought process um, and also just re read a ton about, um, you know, I didn't, you know, study business, didn't, didn't get an MBA or anything, but, um, you know, reading like one book on business, like doesn't really have a tremendous impact on somebody, but reading 10 books a year on business for a decade has a tremendous impact. And so that's, that's kind of how I approached it to just, um, you know, hey, I want to be really effective at my job for the long run, but I'm going to prepare on the side. Um, and if an opportunity exists, you know, just be prepared to jump and take it. Um, and the ingredients were kind of right in the spring 2018. I love the whole part also with the whole learning aspect and, and you reading all those books. And, you know, don't get me, books are great, um, but hopefully you can apply that day to day. Um, That's and test it, out. Yeah. Yes. 
that's the only thing. I mean, it doesn't like reading a book to read a book doesn't matter. Like reading it, like, and that's how you kind of look at everything. It's like, all right, how how can I like borrow this idea? Like I studied a lot of like tech companies and like mm-hmm. tech culture, you know, in San Francisco. And I'm like, that certainly won't apply to what we're doing, but I can kind of take that idea. I can, you know, twist it around and have it fit to what we're doing. And it actually fits with like who I am and what I want, you know, the company to be. And so we kind of do a lot of borrowing ideas, uh, repackaging them to fit, you know, our situation and, and using it that way. Mike, you know, I'm glad that at an early stage, you were even thinking back then as far as the possibility of entrepreneurship, having your own business one day, considering the fact what you saw firsthand in your home with your dad, because some people would have turned the other way and ran the opposite direction and say, no, I'm going the corporate route, for, forget being my own boss. I've seen what happened to my, in my, my family's home. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think, um, and for me, we had, you know, me and, you know, my co-founders today, like we had thought about starting a business in, in 2015 and we were always kind of talking about it like 2016, 2017, but it was always, we really liked where we were working. You know, it was a good, good place to work. We were doing well. And so there was never enough urgency. And again, it was never something like, I never wanted to do it to do it. I wanted to do it because, you know, I felt like we had the highest probability of success. Um, and again, there was just uh, the right kind of situation and, and the right amount of ingredients that kind of came together. But like in January of 2018, you know, no expectation of starting a company that year. Two months later, you know, everything was different. And and so um, I think just kind of having that preparation work done, not necessarily like formally, but, but um, very much there um, allowed us to kind of make, make that decision and make it with confidence. That's great. Are there any specific habits or traits that you think have helped you day to day, whether personally or in your business life? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, the thing that I focus on is just being consistent, um, and, and being reliable. And, and, you know, those are, again, it's, it's easy to be like, Hey, I'm consistent, you know, this week, or I'm, I'm doing this every day this week. Um, but much more so about being consistent for years and years and years. And, and, um, you know, a a lot of things kind of related to that, you know, earlier in my career, you know, paid zero dividends, you know, in, in the short term, but all of a sudden, you know, it feels like, wow, all, all this work that I did in 2012 or 2014 or 2016, like getting this huge return on, on some of the things or some of the relationships, um, and, and I think that that's just been a huge key is just being like consistent with who you are. Um, also think, and again, this one's very basic, but like treating people well, like, I mean, I mean, I was just, you know, always try to be a, a top performer, but I also always treated people well, you know, whether they were my boss's boss's boss or just in kind of an, an entry level employee, you know, always just being kind to people and like a decent human being. Um, and, and again, I think that's something that, is a little bit harder to do in the long run. You know, it's easy to kind of do it over a short period of time. Um, but I, I do not think, you know, we would have had the success or, you know, as many people would have wanted to come work with us if, you know, me or somebody else was kind of a jerk for most of their career. Like no one wants to, to do that. So um, I think those those are definitely there. Um, I would say too, for a lot of jobs, 
just having effective writing and communication skills. And again, that's something that um, is easy to kind of say, but it's, you know, it, it is something that is just hugely critical, um, you know, as, as kind of time moves on, but that's something that, you know, I've focused on pretty heavily. That's great. What would you say is your biggest challenge with your role at Lumina Solar today? Um, probably the, the diversity of the challenges and, and, um, you know, right now just kind of scaling the, um, just working on, on scaling the organization and just we're growing very quickly. There's a, a lot of new things, but, um, I, you know, today, fortunately, like we don't have any mission critical challenges. Like we have like that, Hey, we have to solve this or like everything's going to fall down. Like we don't, we don't have that, which I feel pretty fortunate that that hasn't always been the case. You know, we've had some, some, uh, not enjoyable times, particularly early on. Um, but right now, I mean, the, the piece with kind of challenges is that we're always dealing new challenges, you know, cause we're doing things a lot of times for the first time, you know, particularly as, as we hit different levels. So that's, that's probably the, the hardest piece is, is just consistently navigating new challenges. And then now, you know, what we're starting to see is just, you know, there's a difference between managing a 10 person sales team, like what I was doing in you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, and managing, you know, a hundred or a hundred person or a 110 person organization where you have, you know, a sales function an operations function that is, you know, very complex. You have HR function or finance function. Um, so kind of just the diversity of, of things and knowing kind of when to hand things off, when you're the right person to do it. Um, you know, not having enough time in the day, which is a daily uh, occurrence. Um, you know, knowing when to, knowing when to cut things and like there's a million opportunities for things that we could work on, but you got to say no to like 90% of it. Otherwise you're going to get nothing done. Yeah. What do you know now, Mike, that you wish you would have known at the start of your career? That's a good question. Um, probably that, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how much would have been different, but just knowing that, um, in 2010, 2011, 2012, Hey, solar going to be around for, for the long run, which is again, exactly how I feel today. Um, you know, this thing's going to, you know, it, it's a necessity, you know, you know, our, our mission is to help scale the transitional renewable based economy in, in the mid Atlantic. And like, we expect to be doing this for, for the next 20 years, but I, I think having a little bit more confidence, early on that it wasn't like a new industry that was kind of going to potentially go up and go down, but it, that it really was going to be around for the long term. There are probably some things that, you know, I may have done a little bit differently um, along the way. Certainly, you know, one, one thing I did was um, you know, I started a, a, um, a renewable energy kind of YouTube show in 2012, you know, and I, you know, put together thir 13 episodes. Um, I probably would have kept doing that. Um, uh, and, and, you know, in, independent of that, but, but I kind of wish I did, but, um, I, I think just, again, knowing that the industry was definitely gonna be around for the long term would have been a very, uh, interesting insight to have because it was not a guarantee at the time. You know, you could still do that. I mean, I don't see why you can't pick it up and continue on episode 13 or 15, whatever you left it out. Thought about it. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of work. That's why I got a ton of respect for what you're doing because yeah, I that's true mountain of work that's involved to, to get it done and 
you know, right now we just have a lot of exciting things, things to work on. You know, I mentioned we don't have any kind of mission critical issues, but we have every single part of the organization can get better. And so that's, that's what we spend a lot of time on. Hey, where, where, where are we weak and how can we make this an improvement and turn kind of our weaknesses into strengths? And that's just a forever process. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it doesn't go away. Like you can always get better in certain areas. So, um, it's great when you can educate too. I, I was just talking, one of our previous guests has a construction company and most of it, his focus is on doing build outs for medical healthcare practices, doctors, dentists, and so on. And they have their own pot. I mean, obviously there's, there's a team behind it. They have their own show as well, you know, podcast, video, and they bring on different doctors and they also ask questions about the build out. It's just a form of education and they get a lot of business from what he tells me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But it's good. You were doing it back in 2012, even before now. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to an end here, Mike, what does the future look? What does the next five years look for you and Lumina? So, um, no, I mean, we've kind of, finished up our, our long-term planning earlier this spring. So, you know, we kind of have some, some plans through 2024 and we have some numbers written on paper through 2030 that are kind of meaningless and, you know, they won't be meaningless a few years from now, but they're just kind of placeholders. But no, I mean, we, um, you know, like I said, our, our mission is to, you know, I think, you know, transitioning to a renewable based economy, you know, is, is either the number one problem this century or, um, or it's one of the top two or three problems. Uh, we're not going to solve climate change at Lumina Solar, but we are going to be one of thousands of companies across the globe that kind of does their part um, in, in, in kind of this, this enormous problem of you know, transitioning to, again, a renewable-based economy. So you know, we're laser-focused on doing that in, in, in the Mid-Atlantic and deploying as much renewable assets as possible. You know, we do EV chargers today, we do storage. Um, and so, you know, we just, you know, we want to be the best company that, that we can be in the mid-Atlantic. And from a size perspective, I mean, we, you know, we expect to do, you know, around 35 this year. Um, we expect to cross the, the $50 million um, in deployment mark uh, next year. And we're expecting to cross, uh, cross a hundred million in, 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 solar systems installed in, in 2024. So if we can get anywhere around that, we'll, uh, we'll have earned the right to, uh, you know, figure out where we take it from there. But, you know, that, that's what we're focused on is, you know, being able to deliver solar to as many customers as possible in a really positive way. It generates a great experience. And at the same time, you know, helping, you know, transition, you know, a lot of, uh, electricity production from, you know, coal and natural gas over to, to clean power. I understand the focus is in, in scaling and growing the company, but is there a possibility down the road in the future of a possible sale? Um, that's not what we're building for. So, okay. again, we, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're at a stage where anything's possible. Sure. But, um, no, that, that's not what we're building the organization for. We're definitely, um, trying to, to grow relatively quickly and, and get the size to a, to a good scale, because I think there's a tremendous amount of benefits for our employees and our customers and what we can do from, from getting there. Um, but we're, we're building the organization to grow in, in a healthy way, balancing kind of growth and profitability. Um, 
and kind of the, the long-term vision is, you know, as, as we continue to do better, you know, we're going to distribute profits to uh, our stakeholders. But again, if, if an opportunity like that comes up in the future, you know, we certainly wouldn't um, turn down the conversation, uh, but that's not what we're building the company for today. Okay. Because I'm seeing that the, the, the growth you're going is just like, I, I can imagine just these larger energy companies knocking on your doors or private equity companies saying, Hey, Luminous Solar, you're, you're looking pretty, looking pretty. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I get some, it's been interesting. The last, the last year in, in particular, I've definitely seen, um, I've definitely gotten some incoming um, kind of correspondence related to that, particularly just solar and renewables is a very kind of hot, um, item in, in finance right now. So there's a lot of kind of mergers and, and acquisitions and, you know, there's companies that are IPOing that are in the space or, or, or in a related space right now. So it's, we're definitely seeing a difference of like, Hey, people are actually interested in it, but, um, it's just not a conversation that, you know, we can really, you know, provide any value to right now, just because we're not interested in doing it of at, at this time. Um, we're just kind of laser focused on, on trying to build the best company we can. Yeah. So when you're not busy running the company, what do you like to do in your free time for fun? Um, right now I try and spend as much time as I can when I'm not working with, uh, with my wife and, and, and kids. Um, you know, that, that, uh, that takes up a ton of it, but I, I will say, you know, my, my favorite thing to do is, is play pickup basketball. Um, we actually, we play every, every Thursday at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and that's just like, if I could do almost anything, that, that that's what that's what I would do. And you know, we had to stop playing um, during COVID for for a long period of time. But you know, we we're fortunate able to kind of restart that. Um, so that that's what I like. And and then you know, again, would like to to travel again. You know, was fortunate. You know, uh, hike the the Machu Picchu, hike hike the Inca Trail down in Peru. Um, me and one of my co-founders, we um, hiked uh, to the top of Kilimanjaro. Uh, during our severance period when um, when we were laid off. Um, so we'd like to be able to do some things like that again, but on a daily basis, you know, hanging out with my kids and playing basketball. That's what I like to do. That's good. Mike, if, if the people want to find out more about you and Luminous Solar, where can they head to? Um, yeah, no, just very easy. Uh, LuminousSolar.com. So recommend checking out our website, check out our, our reviews. Uh, again, we're on, we're on Facebook. We have, you know, we're on LinkedIn. There's uh, some articles um, that have been, been written about the company in, in the Baltimore Sun. So, yeah, we're pretty easy to find online. Great. Mikey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really, really had a great time. Really appreciate it as well. So, thanks for having me on. Of course. My pleasure. Take care. You too. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.